0: The following contest is a first-round match in the Kings of Consoles Tournament to determine the greatest game in the history of the Nintendo Entertainment System. Two games enter, only one can advance. Introducing first, the 87th Seed, a 1988 hybrid action adventure 'em up from Compile, The Guardian Legend and its opponent. 42nd Seed, a 1990 action role-playing game for SNK, Crystalis! Your ringside judges are Pat Dooley and Ricky Giraldo. There's nothing left to say but round one, fight! Welcome to episode 12 of Kings of Consoles. This is the podcast where we're trying to find the best game for every home video game console by means of big tournaments. Uh, we're starting with the original NES, Nintendo Entertainment System. We are 12 weeks into the tournament, which means after this episode, we will be one third of the way through our first round. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Who who we're saw this? Uh, yeah, we're who who could have imagined it's actually been 12 weeks because time has no meaning anymore. Uh, so this week We're talking about the number 42 seed In our tournament, Crystalis As it takes on number 87 The Guardian Legend uh, Now last week if you joined us Mega Man May came to a screeching halt As Mega Man was handed his first Loss in the tournament When Mega Man 6 was knocked out by Chippendale Rescue Rangers But they kept it in the Capcom family So they're probably not too upset about that uh, Yeah, what a,
1: what a way to finish Mega Man May with mega man losing yeah
0: yeah and it was our third consecutive upset yeah Uh, so that's that's pretty wild of course the first two were mega man four and mega man five but yeah this anything can happen in the world wrestling federation and on the kings of consoles podcast um just doesn't sound the same when it's not vince mcmahon saying it in 1995 (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, that's a very niche joke that only a handful of our listeners will uh, get. Yeah, man, I got it. it was yeah, crazy. but that, that's the important thing, right? Um, <laughs> so, what we always do is we start with the underdog, uh, which in this case is the 87 seed, the Guardian Legend, uh, which is a 1988. Wikipedia calls it a hybrid action-adventure shoot-'em-up game, which I guess is probably the best way to describe it. We'll get into more detail later. Uh, it is a sequel to an MSX game called Guardic, um, released in Japan in 1988, released in North America by Broderbund in 1989. Uh, in the game, you play as the Guardian, who is on a quest to destroy a large alien-infested world Uh, before it reaches earth which was never really clear is the world coming to earth or are the aliens that infest that planet coming to earth But there's a lot of dangling modifiers in the in the opening cinematic uh basically you have to deactivate 10 safety devices scattered throughout the planet to blow it up Uh, so rather than planting bombs to blow it up you are turning off the thing that makes it not self-destruct um one of many things in this game that's kind of backwards. Um, you explore it in a non-linear fashion, uh, and you pick up different weapons along the game. Um, yeah. It appeared in uh, first in Nintendo Power's September 1989 issue, where it debuted as number nine on their top 30 NES chart, which is a thing I forgot existed. we talked a little bit about Nintendo Power not that long ago. I forgot that they had a like monthly ranking of, uh, of games for the console. Uh, so for this to debut at number nine is pretty impressive. Uh, it also was yeah. nominated for several awards at the first ever Nintendo Power Awards. Uh, best graphics and sound, best play control, and best overall, but it didn't win any of those. Uh, but it was nominated. Um, when I was talking about it being a hybrid action adventure shoot 'em up, basically imagine The Legend of Zelda, if every time you finished a dungeon you turned into a jet and then had to play Gradius, yeah, uh, because that's basically what the Guardian Legend is.
1: Yeah, it's very. First of all, I was not ready for the, for the. Changes of game style. No. No, me either. I I knew
0: nothing about this game before I started. So when it made that first transition, I was like, wait, what?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was... First, was like, oh, it's a a Gladius style. Yeah, it's a real shooter. Cool. And then out of nowhere, you're walking around, not in a plane. Yeah. You're shooting things. I'm like, oh, Uh wow.
0: Yeah. You're just on foot, picking up items, shooting things, going through doors that... It takes a really long time. At least for me, it took a really long time to figure out that it was grid-based. Yeah. And that there was, like... And I feel I felt really dumb as soon as I found it. But there's basically latitude and longitude on the left side of the screen the whole time. Telling you what quadrant you were in. Um, but I, uh, I didn't notice that until probably 25 minutes into our hour of <laughs> playing it. Um, it's... Uh, in my opinion, anyway, I liked the on-foot levels more, um, but that's just because uh, if I'm going to play a, a bad Zelda knockoff or a bad Gradius knockoff, I'd rather play a bad Zelda knockoff. Um, that's not to say that they're like that; it's just flat out bad. But it's also it's hard not to compare a game that does both of those things to games that have done both of those things better. Um, at least that was how I took it. Um, and I would just, I would rather play that top down style rather than the rail shooter. Um, of course, it being an NES game, and we talk about this every week, it seems like the music was great.
1: The music I, was really good. I
0: really, really liked the music.
1: Um, I, I loved s- the, uh, the intro of the game, the very first cutscene pretty hype. And yeah. I, thought, I was like, okay. I want to be the Guardian legend. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. Send me after that Naju. I'm on it. Yeah. Um, I was really surprised to find out this was a Broderbund game and not Konami, um, which may be why the flying levels were a little subpar, in my opinion, is because I was comparing them to Gradius and Life Force and, you know, all the other, uh, you know, uh, Konami rail shooter games. But it, it felt like a Konami game, just like a lower-end one. Uh, so I was a little yeah. surprised to see it was a Broderbund game. Um, the layout of the game was really frustrating, I mentioned before. Um, but I did... Once I figured out that it was telling me that I'm in, like, X5, Y7, and I remember from last time that I need to be in, you know, X11, Y4, I know I need to go, you know, six over and one down or whatever. Um, but it was all, you know... There, were dead ends and stuff. And you had to kind of basically had to memorize the map or be taking notes as you went, uh, as you went place to place. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So that, and also that very first level, which I was, I was really concerned when that first level started that the whole game was going to be that fast because it drops you right into like a super fast rail shooter gradius style like oh gosh there's enemies um <laughs> and you're <laughs> you're firing away right away and uh unfortunately yeah, the put, chaos slows down a little bit as you go
1: i wrote down two notes i wrote definitely flying fast yeah, but i don't know if i'm getting old but is it hard to see like what's going on
0: <laughs> yes yeah there were a lot of times where it was like wait uh, especially when you got to subsequent flying levels it was really hard to tell, at least for me. Again, that might be, you know, getting old. But yeah. sometimes I couldn't tell what was an enemy and what was part of the background um, until it had killed me, and then I was like, okay, well, next time I know I need to shoot that thing. Um, but like when you get to, and we, you know, not talking about how far we got because we'll do that later in the episode. But the like the very second time you turn into a jet, was um, you know flying through and being like, wait, those oh those fish are monsters. Okay, hold on, let me shoot those. Or at, least, at least that yeah. was the order i played because it is non-linear so you might have gone a different route than i did um, but for me there were fish <laughs> is, but... in my second flying level um, yeah yeah so it's i i feel like it suffers from being compared to other games and that's not fair to it as a standalone um but it is also you know we're 12 weeks into this and we know that you know, Zelda is coming, and we know that Life Force made it to the second round, so we're gonna play it again. So it's hard not to, you know, kind of grade this on a curve compared to better games
1: in the same category. Yeah, I think we were talking about outside that. Also, it's it's hard since we've been, you know, playing these games for so long. It's hard not to compare it to the gladius, the gladius, and the or gradius and the. Zelda. Is, is, yeah and Zelda. Yeah, yeah so uh, yeah. the whole time I was playing this game I was like this is such a copy but I, then again I don't know I think it's a copy right this game came out after I'm pretty sure um, I, I feel like the first Zelda was around
0: like 86 87 hold on I'm looking that up now as we speak and I may cut this down if it takes me too long
1: <laughs> Zelda
0: what do you got for me Wikipedia First game was 1986. So, yeah, this was two years after uh, the first Zelda came out. And Gradius, I feel like I should remember because we just talked about that a couple weeks ago. But I have played a lot of games since then and yeah, made I a just... lot of notes. Okay. Yeah, 1985 was when the arcade version of Gradius was dropped. So, that was three years before this. So, they had had time to learn from those games and make theirs better. And they just. Yep. Didn't, but again, it's I hesitate to call it bad, but it just it's hard not to compare it to those. Uh, its opponent, the number forty-two seed. Actually, I'm sorry, I just kind of jumped right into that. Did you have anything else you wanted to add from your notes about Guardian Legend? Anything else that jumped out at you?
1: Uh no, I mean I I feel like some of the I like I said I do uh, I do enjoy the change of gameplay i think mm-hmm. that's way ahead and of the time i think it's one of the first games that does that so i will give that credit to this game that i yeah. thought them going the extra step pretty cool and it definitely leads to what games are now where we have different play styles in a game
0: yeah yeah you can so definitely I, see the, like, that like the seeds of what would become you know this is a really like extension of this but like your grand theft autos you know yes. or those like yep. you know you're in and out of vehicles and or you know red dead redemption if you prefer the horses to the cars but that same kind of like multiple modes of gameplay where sometimes you're doing this sometimes you're doing this um it's obviously that's you know many many generations later but that, that was kind of an idea that uh I hadn't really seen before one other thing i, I didn't mention um I felt like overall the enemy design was pretty bad, like just the generic enemies in the Zelda levels, but that I thought the bosses were kind of cool looking. Yeah. Um, so that I just feel like that probably ate up a lot of their design budget was putting together the bosses, which really your bosses should be your coolest enemies. So hard to hard to fault it too much for that. Um. So yeah. So Crystalis is its opponent, the number 42 seed. Uh, it's a 42nd ranked game in IGN's list of the 100 greatest NES games of all time, which is why it's seated number 42. Uh, it's a 1990 action role-playing action adventure game. That's a lot of action in one sentence. I probably could have trimmed one of those. Uh, produced by SNK, uh, released in Japan April 13th, 1990, released in North America three months later. Um, you start off with a character that you name. Uh, those of you that follow us on social media saw that my character's name was Poop. <laughs> um, because you're only given four letters uh, to name your character, and so uh, I went with poop. Um, you wake up for a cryogenic sleep, uh, which you were put in by the villains of the Great War um, before nuclear war came down, of course, beginning October 1st, 1997. Um, even though you're not able to recall your name or who you are, you exit the shrine, and of course, it turns out you may be the key to save the world. Um, just for reference, these things actually happened on October 1st, 1997. The Spice Hot Channel premieres on cable. Uh, kids, ask your parents about what that means. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Garnett, who was just two years out of high school, signed a then-record six-year, $123 million contract extension with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Amazing. Uh, the yearly average of $20.5 would not make him one of the 30 highest played players in the NBA right now. Uh, so that'll tell you uh, how much has changed in the wow. last uh, 23 years. Steph Curry, uh, before, you know, COVID shortened this year's NBA season, was set to make $40 million this year alone, uh, which is almost double uh, Garnett's yearly salary at what was then the highest paid contract of all time. And uh, speaking of... People of unusual size, the world's shortest man, Gul Muhammad, who was 22.1 inches tall, died at age 36. Uh, So, all of that, plus the Great War beginning, happened on October 1st, 1997. At least the Mega Man games have the sense to be, like, 2000X as the year they take place in, so that it can be, you know, kind of vague. When you slap a direct date on something like your, you know, Terminator 2 Judgment Days or your uh, (laughs) 12 Monkeys or trying to think of other, like, games where there's a specific date or movies where there's a specific date where something bad happens. You look a little silly in the future when that doesn't happen. Um, So just pointing out that Chrysalis' backstory is a little silly. Um, The main criticism for the game uh, was it's kind of repetitive gameplay, Um, A lot of the reviews I read mentioned that a lot of the enemies, you can just mash a button until they die. Um, uh, Pocket Squirrel uh, mentioned flawed collision detection. Uh, He's a reviewer for RPG Fan. Um, But that being said, it is uh, the number 42 game on IGN's list and Nintendo power put it at number 115 on their list of the 200 best games. We've brought up that list from the NP 200 issue, uh, where they, they, this was in 1997 where they ranked basically, uh, every game that ever came out for a Nintendo console up to that point and put them in a top 200. Crystalis made that list at 115. Uh, so this is a beloved game. Um, but I a hundred percent agree with the criticisms of hit detection. Um, Yeah. This was one of those games where, and some of the, like the weaker Mega Man levels or yeah, Mega Man levels kind of hit me the same way where sometimes you're going to run into an enemy and it's just going to hurt you. Like there's no way to avoid. It's just the angle it comes at. There's no way to properly defend yourself and you can't hit it before it hits you. And there's a lot of that in this game. And not in any sort of a, well, next time I'll remember I need to do this kind of way. It's in a, oh, well, here's the bat. I need to let it hit me a couple of times before I can swing my sword. Um, also, uh, and I mentioned this on Guardian Legend, about how the enemy designs are kind of lame. I don't know that the enemy designs are necessarily lame at Chrysalis, but I feel like all of the enemies are the same, even if they look different. But like,
1: I, I agree. I, I thought... I, I don't even think they look different. A lot of them were just the same thing.
0: <laughs> a lot of them were just kind of like color palette swapped, you know, villains. But there were like, you know, little dragons. But they basically had the same number of HP as the slime did. And they moved in the same way and could be hurt in the same way. But they just had slightly different sprites. Um, yeah. Um, I will say I had to look up a walkthrough at one point, which I really try not to do when we're playing these. I really try to go into them blind and not knowing anything other than what I already knew about them, which is how I got stuck in the first room of Shadowgate for 10 minutes because I didn't know I had to open Skull. Um, But in Crystalis, um, I knew, like I got to the windmill and was like, oh, it's broken. Okay, so I need to be able to fix the windmill, but I couldn't figure out what I was supposed to do. So I looked up a walkthrough Because it turned out I needed to buy a flute in the village where you basically start the game to wake up the windmill keeper who's sleeping in the cave before the windmill. But the problem is I didn't know that because there isn't a windmill keeper sleeping in the cave unless you first talk to the wise man in another cave who tells you that you need to turn on the windmill. So I went Uh, to the windmill first, couldn't figure out how to turn it on, went through the cave, passed where the sleeping guy should have been, but he wasn't there yet because I hadn't talked to the old man yet to tell me to wake up the man that was sleeping in the cave. So thanks for whoever put that walkthrough online because I would not have figured that out on my own. (laughs) I might have, but I probably wouldn't have gotten much farther in the hour uh, that I was designated to play. So it was just... It was frustrating to me on a lot of levels. I, I, number forty two seems really, really high for this one.
1: Yeah, I, I put down in my notes like, I didn't like, you know, it doesn't really tell you where to go. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of be hard to like when we where we went farther. I, it's good. I don't know. This one might have to be one of those ties anyway. Because I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I can tell you. Yeah, it's one of those, I wonder if, because we're so used to the modern era of gaming now where, you know, you get Death Stranding, and you pop it in, and, you know, there's an opening cinematic because it's a Kojima game, so you can, you know, go and make dinner, Um, but then when you come back and it's time to actually play the game, uh, not a knock on Death Stranding, I love Death Stranding, it's a great game, but... Like, you start off, and it's like, okay, well, now you need to pick up your gear to go make this delivery. And then it, like, tells you on the screen, press, you know, X to pick up your gear. Cool. Okay, I do that. Now, press square to interact with the door to go out into the world. Cool. Okay. Square. Door. Okay, I'm walking now. I know it's starting to tip a little bit. And then a thing comes up. It's like, don't forget to balance your load. It's like, oh, I can balance my load by holding the the two trigger buttons. Uh, it like walks you through, like, tutorially how to do everything in the game, kind of step by step as you go. Whereas these games, there was nothing like that. It just dropped you in the middle of it. Yeah. And I wonder if we would have had the same experience. Because in those days a lot of this kind of information that would have been in the tutorial levels in a more modern game would have been in the instruction manual for these games. And I wonder how much of the experience that people playing these games, you know, kind of in real time had by not having the instruction manuals. Like, I wonder if in 1990, the Chrysalis manual explained, you know... Your first mission is to get the windmill going. Make sure you talk to Zebu in the cave. Um, because there's nothing on screen to prompt you to do that. And I was only going off of what I saw on screen.
1: You know, and that makes sense. I totally forgot about those because it's been so long. Yeah. We actually, they've been. And I used to love those little guides they would have. Yeah. So you're probably right. With...
0: Yeah. I feel like a lot of like. The games now, pretty much, it's just the, you know, the Blu-ray disc with the game on it, uh, or the, you know, the cart with your, you know, your your Switch game. Um, and then if there's anything on the other side of the case, it's like a download code for, you know, special gear or, or something like that. It's very rarely a, an actual instruction manual for the game. Sometimes there'll be like, you know, deeper lore or something, but... For the most part like the instruction manual now is part of the ui of the game itself but obviously they were severely limited on an 8-bit system like you couldn't do that in Crystalis. like that's just not practical uh, yeah. to have done the on-screen instructions but so i just i wonder how how different because people you know presumably the people putting together these kinds of lists played these games when they were new I didn't play Crystalis or Guardian Legend, so I only had my own experience to go off of, and neither one of them felt super intuitive to me. I picked up Guardian Legend faster, um, but Crystalis I never really felt like I got the hang of in the hour, and part of that was the frustration over the hit detection. Um, And it just, you know, it was admirable for what it was trying to do as an 8-bit RPG. There weren't a ton of those at the time, but I just, I... I really didn't
1: enjoy Crystalis very much. Yeah, it was, one of the, it, it was definitely a hard game to get into. Uh, I do like the company that made it, SNK. I found out that this was the second game they released for NES ever. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: So, do you know what their first but, was? I,
1: I didn't. I didn't get it. But SNK, they're known for uh, King of Fighters. Yeah. So I, if you don't know who they are. Yeah, that's right.
0: I mostly know them from their, um, like from their arcade cabinets and the the fighting games,
1: yep. um, Fatal Fury. Yeah, those.
0: yeah, that's really interesting. I'm actually I'm looking that up now. Athena, that's right. Was their first game? Uh, oh, they also did like Akari Warriors. I think Akari Warriors is in this tournament. I feel like I remember seeing that name in the bracket. Yes, it faces Rad Racer in a couple of weeks. So we nice. will get another SNK. Oh, and Baseball Stars.
1: Yeah, Baseball Stars. Sorry. Yeah. Baseball Stars. I, I believe they did Baseball Stars before this one.
0: Yes, Baseball Stars was 89,
1: and okay, then this so was, was 90. Tra- oh, so, yeah. Athena
0: so, yeah. was a port. That's why it looks like it was before, but it was Got originally it. a... It was an arcade game in 86, and then ported to the NES. So yeah,
1: the first NES game was Baseball Stars. Right. And Baseball Stars is on our list too, right? It is.
0: Baseball Stars actually got a first round buy. I think it's. I think it was the 28th seed. Uh, but yeah, Fail Fury, Metal Slug. they would be some really great games.
1: Yeah, Metal Slug. I didn't know they were Metal Slug. Oh, man. <laughs> Very cool.
0: Um, so yeah, so Crystalis would go on to great things. Um, this just, uh, to me, wasn't one of them. so but i mean that's you know i so i kind of feel like i might be telegraphing a little bit as to which game i'm picking uh but we'll we'll get there in a minute first we mentioned how tricky it's probably going to be to compare high scores uh let's let's go ahead and give it a shot um on guardian legend did you beat any of the bosses uh i got to the
1: second boss fight at the end of Uh,
0: corridor 11
1: it was a fish? It was a flying fish? Yes. Okay, that's where yeah.
0: I got to when I got my game over. So I beat the first one, and then there was a flying level, and then I made it through the second maze, and I don't remember what symbol door it was that I went through before I found the boss. Um, but yeah, it was like, I think it was like a giant fish guy. But I didn't,
1: I didn't even know if I was going the right
0: way. I was like, oh. Same here, yeah. <laughs> so you definitely beat the... Yeah, with the like big red eye in the middle. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. Yep, that's that's the same one that killed me. So, yep. Here's another tie. Um with Crystalis, at least Crystalis in true RPG fashion had kind of a level up system. Yeah. Um so I was at level 3 uh when I died and the enemy that killed me was like a giant vampire type boss
1: well if you saw him
0: um he was at the end like i got the windmill working and then you had to like loop back around like go northeast and then south back through the forest and then west and then northwest again basically you're like looping around when you're at the windmill you can see like on the other side of the rocks there's a door do you remember that part (laughs) So I like, no. looked around and went through that <laughs> door. So, yeah, we may have just gone very different ways.
1: So I got to level four, and I stopped playing at a swamp, and I needed a gas mask. I don't know if you got that.
0: I did not get to that. Um, okay. So we may have just taken different paths, but you made it to level four, so I'm, I'm okay with counting that as a win for you. Um, <laughs> I don't. Okay. <laughs> just because <laughs> I, don't I, I don't know how else on. we're going to compare. Um, so that's I think that's that's probably the fairest way to do it Um, so and again uh, the winner of this is going to face Bubble Bobble in round two Um, I intentionally set it up so that that matchup will actually happen on New Year's Eve this year Um, so because you know Bubble Bobble a little bit of the bubbly on on New Year's Eve Uh, so Bubble Bobble will face one of these two games uh, on New Year's Eve My pick is Guardian Legend Um, I I was not a huge fan of either of these But if I'm going to play one of these again I would
1: rather play Guardian Legend So that's my pick You know, I'm going to go with Guardian Legend as well Because, like I said, the intro of the game got me super hyped And I was shocked uh, By the different playing styles I thought that was very creative for this time Yeah
0: All right. Well, so we went against two-thirds of our online audience, although we didn't get a ton of votes, which makes me think that there's probably most of our audience hadn't played either of these either, um, which would explain the low turnout. Um, So thank you for not voting for stuff you don't know about. Um, Remember that in November. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so Crystalis, uh, our number 42 seed, is our fourth straight... Uh, higher Seed knocked out. Uh, Gradius, Fester's Quest, Mega Man 6, and now Crystallis, Uh Guardian Legend, the 87 seed, I think is the lowest seed. Uh, no, uh, Mega Man 4 was lower because Gradius was like 36 or something. Um,
1: and. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: So, Guardian, good for Guardian Legend. It's not a ringing endorsement, I don't think, from either of us. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's... Uh,
1: it's definitely the better game it's the
0: better game games. it's the yeah. one i would rather play again uh, so yeah congrats guardian legend but uh, bubble bobble game. is yeah. a that's a tough game to beat especially on new year's eve uh so yeah i guess uh nothing left to do but uh start with the plugs uh challenge.com <laughs> slash kings of consoles is where you can follow along with our bracket Uh, We have it posted there challenge is C-H-A-L-L-O-N-G-E.com slash kings of consoles are all spelled the way you think they would be. Um, We do have a coffee account uh, mentioned last week for the first time, K-O-F-I.com slash kings of consoles. If you want to, uh, you know, kind of help the show out Um, eventually, you know, we want to upgrade our equipment a little bit, um, maybe launch a website where we can include some additional content, you know. Not have to rely on a you know kings of consoles pod at gmail email address and uh <laughs> have uh, yeah. kingsofconsoles.com or something like that. Um, so yeah, any little bit helps, no obligation, of course. We're never going to go with at least we don't have any plans to go with any sort of like premium you know paywall model. Everything we do is going to be you know free for you guys, but if you yep, are enjoying sure. it and you feel like you know buying us a cup of coffee, I don't drink coffee, but if you feel like buying me a you know zinger mountain melt uh go for it <laughs> um and if you don't leave. know what that is uh yeah buy one for ricky too um because it'll probably be a while before we're both in the same place to enjoy one together um and if you don't know what a zinger mountain melt is look it up right now and you will be happy you did um <laughs> facebook.com slash kings of consoles at kings of consoles on twitter and instagram uh next week we are going to be talking about Uh, The number 32 seed, Snake Rattle and Roll, as it takes on number 97, Astyanax, which my entire life, since I first heard about this game, I've been calling Astynax, not knowing there was an A between the Y and the N. I even have it typed wrong in our format document here. Uh, I think (laughs) I typed it wrong on Twitter and Facebook when I was putting up the polls, uh, so thank you for not calling me out on that, Uh, but it is Astyanax. Um, uh, hopefully
1: we're uh, saying that right. ASTYNX. That's true. That's true. A S T
0: Y N A X. Uh, it anagrams to uh, a nasty axe. Um, which I guess is actually a pretty decent description of the game.
1: Oh, you know um, that wow.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> we will uh wow. <laughs> we
1: will
0: we will get into that in more detail next week. Uh oh, uh talking about social media at loopy date if you want to reach out to me directly uh l-o-o-p-y-d-a-t-e
1: and you can find me at ricky4518
0: and you can always find us the you know the show through whatever app you're using to listen to us now we are on apple podcasts itunes iheartmedia uh Podbean, uh spotify pretty much anywhere you can find your podcasts uh and until we speak again next week about those two games just keep playing old games what else are you going to do, right? And have Zinger Mountain Mouths. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> have a good one. Kings of Consoles is recorded in Nashville and Orlando and is produced and edited by me, at Thanks to Captain Portal for our theme song, the intro for a non-existent video game, which can be found at freemusicarchive.org. And the music and sound effects from this week's games can be found by a quick Google search. The opinions expressed in this and every episode are our own, and we are in no way sponsored by or affiliated with. I might make zinger mountain melts in the next couple of days because i'm craving one so bad but i don't want to leave my house i think i have fries i think i have cheese have,
1: they have a pretty good to-go order so oh now there's yeah. an idea and they even deliver some of them so oh. there you go <laughs> oh you should have told me that malia's gonna be so mad. <laughs>